Alright, good evening. This is the Basement Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Jordy Dereniak, and I got a co-host tonight. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, Jordan? Uh, again, man, Jake Rowell here tuning in or helping you out, co-broadcasting <laughs> tonight's show. It's going to be another good one, man. Last week went really, really well, so glad to be back. Hell yeah, it did. I'm glad to have you. Alright, we're going to start with some news as always. We got a couple pieces here. First is Ben Simmons officially does not want want to play for the 76ers anymore. Your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I feel like it's been a storm that's been brewing for a while. Obviously, Sixers management, Ben Simmons have not seen eye to eye. 76ers fans kind of indifferent about him kind of moving forward with that whole trust the process um and i mean i'm not surprised to see it i think they just need a little bit better help uh elsewhere besides him so it'll be interesting to see what they do though uh what they can move where they move him and what they can get for him yeah i'm interested to see what they can get for him as well and i think it's it's one of those things where the sixers could use him gone too just because Ben Simmons is allergic to the three, and in today's NBA, you need a guy at point who can shoot threes. Yeah, and another thing with him, too, is that contract is uh, pretty gaudy. So, yes. Uh, you're going to have to have a team that's kind of desperate for a face to put on your season tickets. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be, a, I cannot imagine a contender would want him. The only person I guess I could see maybe wanting him would be like, golden state warriors moving him to center um that way he doesn't have to shoot the three but i just i don't know if that's what they want to go with so um it's it'll be a storyline that kind of runs up until the season starts um you know it'll be uh 76ers time yeah yeah it will and i'm i'm curious to see what happens with it then the other piece of news is ben roethlisberger has a pectoral injury yeah, that's concerning to say the least for Steelers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one and one, obviously week one. You know they beat obviously the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of you know people um, and teams around the league you know think to be one of the better teams in the AFC. But um, they kind of struggled in that. Um, you know, they, obviously they beat them. They lost this week. Um, it was to the Raiders. Raiders. The yeah. Raiders, which made them go two and zero. So it's like, how good are the Steelers? Obviously, Ben's not looked good. You can tell he's, you know, an aged guy. And just, uh, you know, Ben obviously isn't Tom Brady in the fact of keeping himself in shape. So Right, exactly. Uh, he's Obviously, already... he's in shape, but to be that age performing at a high level, I mean, you know what I mean. It's just, it's not looking good in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, this offense has a lot of questions. And who knows how long this injury bothers Ben Roethlisberger, who's already showing his age. It's 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 going to be interesting to see what their offense looks like going forward. Yeah, and you hope, obviously, um, you know, with that injury, I guess the, the big thing for Pittsburgh fans would be that it's, you know, not on his right side of his body. It's the left pec that way maybe he can play with it or it's, you know, not. I got to imagine if you're, you know, he's a right-handed quarterback, if it's your right pec, you know, that throwing motion would you know, that'd be uh, pretty uncomfortable, especially playing in the NFL. Yes. And then I guess uh, one last thing is I guess it is worth also mentioning that uh, two Tagovailoa's x-rays came back negative, and so for him, 
Uh, it's going to be about pain tolerance as far as determining whether or not he can play this Sunday. Yeah, um, for Finns fans, Finns up. Uh, it's a little concerning. You know, you, you thought this was going to be the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick out of Miami to have Tua kind of step in and show show you what you got. And week two, he goes down. Um, it's uh, it's it's a little concerning because he's kind of had the injury bug the last uh, you know the last few years. Yeah, he was at Alabama or now obviously now on the Dolphins. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good thing to see. And I, I'm, I was certainly one of the people thinking that he'd have a much better year now in year two, but it's off to a interesting start. Is the Patriots game? He, uh, he was okay, but he definitely didn't do anything that made you think, oh, this is a new Tua. And then obviously to get injured early on in the Bills game that did not help him out at all. No, not at all. So, um. I guess if you're Miami, maybe sit him this week so he can kind of fully recover. That way you don't have him going out there playing cautious and something else happens. But yeah, exactly. And we shall see in week three for two a t- for two a time. Yeah, exactly. All right, and now we go on to college football, talking about what happened this last week, and it was a it was a fun weekend, wasn't it? Oh, I, I definitely think so. I, I sat down Saturday. I uh, didn't really move off my couch. Watched college football from noon to the end of the uh, Bama-Florida game. Watched the NASCAR race. I know that's not what we'll be talking about, but uh, college football. I mean, from the noon games to 3 o'clock, even the Penn State-Auburn game, I was checking in on that. It was a full slate of really good games. for the, You know, obviously... I'm going to start off here for us, Jordan. That Alabama-Florida game was a nail-biter. Oh, yes. Crimson Tide. Yes, it was. Florida kept it really close. Uh, You know, they could have tied the game up with that two-point conversion. They couldn't get it. stops them. So that was was a really good game. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was a very exciting game, and... I think it also helped show us that Alabama isn't head and shoulders above everyone in the SEC this season, which is nice to see. It shows that there's there's legitimate competition, and perhaps this could be the year we see somebody knock Alabama off in the SEC. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's uh, obviously Georgia had a huge win week one against Clemson. Um, so you, you got to imagine it'll be those two teams unless anything else crazy happens right. in the SEC for the SEC championship game. But I, like like you said, though, um, Florida was able to hang in there. Uh, the tide got up early in that game. I think it was 21-3 yeah, after the first it, quarter. Yeah, it was 21-3 uh, early on, and it looked I, like it was going to be a potential blowout. Exactly. Obviously, it had that way, and, you know, the Gators were able to fight back. And so, um, you know... You never know. Maybe down the road, Alabama plays. Um, you know, they have to go to College Station and play at Texas A&M. So, you know, you got to watch out for that. You never know. Um, True. You know, the, it's, it's a long, grueling schedule in the SEC. So, um, I mean, obviously they beat Florida in Florida. But, you know, they definitely looked um, to be, you know, beatable in a sense, I guess you could call it. So, SEC, you know, it could be very interesting, but I personally, I, I think, Jordan, that it's going to come down uh, to the SEC championship game in Atlanta of, of Alabama and Georgia. I agree with you 100%. But uh, another one that really kind of, 
I don't know why I, I just was interested to watch it was uh, Nebraska at Oklahoma kind of you know uh, revamping an old rivalry when Nebraska yes. was in the Big 12 before they moved to the Big 10 um, that game you know it, it kind of showed or shows you that Oklahoma might be one of those teams every single year that's a bit overrated you know they struggled week one against Tulane having to play that game at home as opposed to you know in Tulane and then Nebraska comes in there they barely you know edge them out and, and get the win uh, to go three and oh they're still three and oh but you know this could be well, kind of I think this is Oklahoma's worst looking team since Lincoln Riley's taken off at Oklahoma yeah I mean there's and I think it's got to do with I think this is also probably his worst QB he's had at Oklahoma yeah Spencer Rattler you know a huge name coming out of high school uh, one of the top recruits I just don't see it with him I don't know you know I, but in the Big 12 I guess it's wide open so as long as they get it done I mean I, I don't know it, it's just very concerning um you know, Nebraska with Scott Frost has really struggled the last three to four years, five years even. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really just don't even know how to put it with Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I remembered we both said that spread of minus 22 was way too big. Yeah, and Oklahoma didn't even bear, they scored 23 points. So it's just funny how, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it all works out like that. So, yeah. Um, but. You know, what, what were some of the other games that were going on that really kind of, you know, that, that well, you were I really thought, uh, about? I thought it was interesting to see for most of the game, Ohio State still struggled out there with Tulsa. They pulled away toward the end, and uh, Travion Henderson, the freshman running back, had a single season, or not single season, a single game Buckeyes record, 277 yards rushing. Also yeah, three he- touchdowns. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's he's a freshman there for the Buckeyes. He looked, you know, really, really good. Obviously, it's against Tulsa, an inferior opponent. But like you said, they uh, they had issues with them. And I, I, I saw a tweet. I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it said that Ohio State had a, an attendance of 75,000. That was the lowest they've had for a game since, like, the 70s or maybe it was the late 60s. Oh, wow. Pretty sure it was the 70s. And, I mean, it had a photo of the stadium which kind of looked earlier on in, in the game. Um, yeah. Just cause kind of the daylight situ- or setting and everything like that. So that's just shows you how, uh, you know, how confident Buckeye Nation is with their Buckeyes. So, yeah, um, I don't know what it is, but CJ Stroh does not look that good to me either. Like, you, like we were saying about Lincoln Riley and, you know, with Spencer Rattler, it kind of seems that CJ Stroh might be one of uh, the weaker quarterbacks Ohio State's had in a while. Yeah, um, he, he reminds he more of a Dwayne Haskins. What was that? Sorry. He reminds more of a Dwayne Haskins than a Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, even like Dwayne Haskins was, you know, I, I, I really don't even really think he struggled that much, you know, against, um, you know, a team like Tulsa. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins wasn't a, uh, you know, a true freshman or whatever have you, but it's still. You would think any Power 5 program, especially a team like Ohio State, playing at home against a team like Tulsa, 
you know, you expect them to kind of roll them over, at least, you know, really turn it up in the second half. You know, they won 41 to 20, but if you really watch that game, it it, it was it close. Late. Yeah, it was it, close. It, it, it was 12 minutes left in the fourth, and it was a, a single possession game. So um, that's that's another team, you know, and another one for me is Notre Dame. Honestly, before them, I would say Clemson. They beat Georgia Tech 14 to 8. Yeah, I was just about to bring that game up. That. And that's a concern for you if you're a Clemson fan, because it's like, where the fuck is your offense? What's going yeah, on? Exactly. What the fuck happened? This is supposed to be a good offense. Right. You know, with, without Trevor Lawrence, ETN, you know, uh, DJ not even going to attempt to announce his last name. <laughs> Uiagalale. Uiagalobe. <laughs> there we go. He uh, obviously came in and started last year when Trevor was out with COVID. And he looked great Notre last Dame. season. Exactly. He. I mean, they they took him to overtime. Notre Dame ended up winning, but you know, he it gave you a glimpse of the future for Clemson Tiger fans. And so far, um, you know, with the loss against Georgia, like we already said earlier, but. To do that against Georgia Tech is... Uh, That's a know. concern. It, it really is. I know that game was under weather delay for a while, but you'd still that, That's no to, excuse. Right. It, it, uh, I, I don't know. It's an, another team where it's like... It's, uh, it's kind of a red flag, I guess. Oh, I agree 100% with you. That was... That was a concern. I... I... I think unless we see Clemson's offense in the next couple of weeks start to take off, there there's another loss coming. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, because how do you, how can you say otherwise? You know, they, they've they've they lost to a good, really really good Georgia team, um, and then they hang fourteen on Georgia Tech, but they only win by six. It's uh, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and there's not a single ranked team on well, it. Exactly. It's an easy schedule, but with the way they're playing, who knows? Exactly. So, you never know. Um, I mean, this week they go at North Carolina State. They're 2-1. and one. Um, You know, Boston College the week after is 3-0. and oh. You never know. So, um, hopefully, Davo Sweeney gets it turned around down there in Clemson, but... I got to imagine they're. He probably you know, will. I think it's. I think it's just. Uh, we're seeing it right now, type of thing. But. I think they'll get it turned around. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's uh, definitely you know a, a situation where. They need given, a big response next week, though. Right, and, and the thing with them too, Jordan, that I, I feel is you know, they're not in an SEC type of conference where exactly you know, they, they could have three to four weeks in a row where they're ranked you know they're playing ranked teams or you know a team that might have just fallen out the top 25 something like that so um you hope they get a turnaround but if they start dropping games that could uh it could be worrisome for them to try to get back to the playoff oh yeah well clemson right now they can't afford another loss to get back to the playoff they they have to win out if they want to get back to the playoff that's the mode that they know they have to be in mentality wise and again it's a favorable schedule it's just a matter of when does the sleeping giant wake up right and and it could be said about a lot of these teams we've talked about yeah like oklahoma right oklahoma ohio state ohio state notre dame even 
Yeah. Um, you know, a game that I'm looking forward to, um, speaking of Notre Dame, is going to be, uh, you know, in two weeks when Notre Dame uh, hosts uh, Cincinnati. At, uh, that could be a very good game if Cincinnati oh, yeah. wins that. I mean, yeah. that, in Cincinnati, our... they, uh, they this week, that that's a game to talk about. Cincinnati struggled with Indiana early, but they came back to win. Yeah, they were able to uh, rally in the second half and, you know, obviously come out of Bloomington with the win. They won, they won 38-24 to against the Hoosiers. Yeah. So, and they were down 14-0. Um, to zero. What was that, in the second quarter? Yeah, they were. It was fourteen zip second quarter. Um, going into halftime, I believe they made it fourteen to ten. Um, and then the second half, obviously Luke Fickle um, and the rest of the coaches got that team turned around because it was a different game. The second yes, half they them. did. Um, it, it was twenty eight to ten in the second half, which obviously allowed them to win twenty eight to thirty or thirty eight to twenty four um, to keep the uh, you know unbeaten or yeah the unbeaten or well. Yeah, the unbeaten season alive for yeah. the Cincinnati Bear, or Bearcats. So, um, but then that's that's Cincinnati's next game is at Notre Dame in two weeks. So you give them you know a bye week, um, kind of get prepared for it. You know if they win that game and they're able to work their way through their schedule unbeaten, could we see the first non you know Power Five team? in the college football playoff hey maybe yeah that that game for cincinnati is huge for that exact reason if they want to give themselves a shot to get in they have to win a game like this yeah and then they really need notre dame who plays wisconsin this week to beat wisconsin yes they need that they're the number 12 versus the number 18 team so if notre dame wins you expect them to probably move up into the top 10 unless you know, or well, I guess they would. I would assume so. Um, or other teams lose that way. Cincinnati, if they were able to knock off Notre Dame, then that'd be you know a, a top ten versus top ten team. They beat them. Show you know, and if they win yeah. in convincing fashion, too, Jordan. You know, yeah. I really think that could uh, do a lot for you know Cincinnati's case when the committee sits down and you know oh, obviously yeah. dive dives in deep into all these playoff teams. So. Um, you know, it should should be a very, you know, good season to be a Bearcats fan. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, the other game I think we need to bring up is the Michigan State Spartans went to Miami and came out with a win. Double digits, too. I never thought I'd hear that come out of your mouth about Michigan State, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good time to be, uh, you know, a Michigan State alum. Uh, obviously, I was... Uh, a little nervous the first half. Both teams just kind of playing sloppy, you know, kind of keeping it close for one another. It was uh, 10-7 going into halftime, but Michigan State pulled out, you know, big victory, winning 38-17 to down there in uh, in Miami against the U. Um, Mel Tucker's first, uh, first win against a ranked team. Um, I mean, I'm excited for it. You know, you look at their schedule coming up, I think MSU can, you know, roll into uh, – I believe that against Michigan, which would be their seventh game of the year, seven and zero. They play Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana, and then obviously Michigan. Um, yeah, they the way they're playing, they could, they could. I mean, they look very, very good. Um, Peyton Thorne's still kind of a little, uh, you know, shows glimpses where he's really, really good, and then kind of still makes, you know, um, 
some some immature mistakes, I guess you could call it. But um, you know, if they keep improving week after week like they have been, you know, I think they, uh, you know, they could finish out the year with you know strong season. Yeah, I I think this is going to be a surprisingly good season for Mel Tucker's squad. And it seems like he really does just know know what to do, do as far as uh, turning this program around. I did not think the Spartans would be looking the way they are at this point in the season. If you, from at least from when I when we entered the season, I did not think they'd be where they are today. Yeah, I mean, even I didn't. Um, you know, last season was obviously a COVID year. They look pretty bad, um, given everything. Obviously, the way Mark D'Antonio stepped down, resigned as head coach. Mel Tucker came in late. I believe it was, like, springtime when he got hired. I can, like, remember. Um, I want to say it was, like, February or something like that, which is kind of late in the year to kind of have a head coaching switch like that. Yeah. Um, and then I know, you know, Mel Tucker did a fabulous job, um, you know, kind of recruiting some of the guys he wants for his program. Brought in a ton of transfers. I believe he has like 40, 40 or 41 first-year players, whether it's – I think it's like 20 or tw- – it's 20 or 21 e- either way of, you know, obviously freshman recruits and then transfers. So to oh, bring wow. that, ma- that many guys into, you know, Michigan State and have them playing at this level. I mean, you know, Kenneth Walker, one of those guys that transferred. Um, he's in his junior year, his first two years. We're at Wake Forest. He's leading the NCAA in, in rushing right now. Um you know, and then against the U, he 27 carries, 172 yards. Um, he just looks like a really, really good running back. Yes. Um, and so, you know, if he shredded win, Northwestern in week one. Right. You know, he. I'm surprised that, I, you know, obviously it's a little early for Heisman talks, but, you know, if, if there were, you would imagine, you know, someone like that being, you know, on, yeah. on that list. So, you know, but. You know, we're only in week three, so you never know right. what could happen in that sense. But, yeah, Michigan State looked really, really good. Yes, yes, they did. All right, is there anything else college you wanted to discuss? Um, I don't know. I think we, I guess Penn State beating Auburn was oh, yeah, right. impressive to see. Yeah, that, yeah, obviously, yeah, duh. Yeah, that was a good game. That was a good game, hard fought. And it really did take all four quarters to win that game for Penn State. Oh, yeah. And it uh, it was good to see that they could grind it out against a tough SEC opponent as well. Exactly. I mean, the place was absolutely an amazing atmosphere watching that Sunday night or Saturday night primetime against Auburn. Um, You know, James Franklin able to, you know, have a marquee win uh, against the SEC like that. Um, You know, it's... It's got to make them right now uh, with the struggles we, we've, we've seen, um, you know, in the Big Ten East to, uh, you know, potentially, you know, be able to knock out Ohio State, you know, and get to that Big Ten championship game um, coming out of the Big Ten East. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, we, we shall see, though, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a long, long season, as you know. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. A lot of football left to be played. Definitely, and speaking of football, um, you know, obviously the NFL, another great week, I thought. Oh yes, a very good week of NFL football. 
I uh, I was very happy with uh, the outcomes, and we had some surprises. Like, I did not think Carolina would beat up on the Saints the way they did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, week one for the Saints, you know, you saw them, you know, take down the Green Bay Packers and, you know, dominant fashion, and, you know, then they play at, at Carolina, um, and Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers able to, you know, walk away with a 26-7 to win. Um Makes them go to two and zero. Saints are one and one now. Um, yeah, you know you saw that. Um, and then Green Bay, uh, you know, last night Monday night, able to, you know, kind of bounce back. Obviously, Detroit Lions kind yeah. of rebuilding right now. So beat up on um, the Lions. That was mostly a second half effort, though. Yeah, I mean, when I tuned into that game, it was, uh, you know, it, where I watched. Um, I mean, it was seventeen to fourteen going into halftime. And yes. The Lions, were uh, in the lead but then it was it was another tail in the second half yeah it was it really was um but you know some of the, i thought that was a really 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 good game was sunday night obviously the kansas city chiefs playing at the baltimore ravens that was a great game it kind of reminded me of that year um what was it 2018 i want to say when it was the Chiefs and Rams. Um, oh, that was a great game. Night or Monday night game. That was a great game. It was like, it was you knew it was going to come down to, you know, just whoever was able to score last was going to be the winner of that game. Yeah, it was it was a very fun game. And to see, see the Ravens avoid the 0-2 start and pull out a tough win at home, that was, that was big for their, their season. Oh, it definitely was. You know, it uh, at that point, you know, the Ravens were, or with, with Lamar and the Ravens were 0-3 against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, yeah, um, for them to be able to pull that off, you know, that's huge, obviously. You know, they lost week one against the Raiders on Monday night. Um, and it was, you know, I thought it was a bit of you know, a shock to see, you know, I, yeah. I would have thought the Ravens would be able to pull it out yeah. uh, in Vegas. Yeah, so, I was shocked. But it kind of, you know opens the door or opens the book of concern for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it does. But uh and really it it's odd cuz that Chiefs first game of the season, they were they were struggling with the Browns and if it wasn't for a botched uh, snap by the pu- Browns punter, the Browns could have potentially won that game. Exactly. They kind of had uh Chiefs defense has struggled. Yeah, it really has, um, especially the run D. I mean, yeah, uh, that's uh, that actually brings us up to uh, activity we're gonna do here. Uh, as far as giving top three, us giving top three observations that we're noticing throughout the season, and yeah, the run defense in Kansas City. The run defense in Kansas City is terrible right now. It's two weeks it's been gashed. Against the Browns, they gave up 5.9 yards per carry. And then this week against the Ravens, they gave up 6.1 yards per carry. And in the, th- and in the third quarter, they were giving up as high as 8.7 yards per carry, I think it was. Yeah, I believe you're right. It, it was, I mean, they... they... <laughs> It's just, uh, 
I mean, right now, I believe um, in two weeks in the NFL, they've given up 404 yards rushing, um, which is an average of 202 yards at six yards an attempt with seven rushing touchdowns. That is not where you want to be at, you know, week two of the NFL for your, you know, for your run D. Not at all. Their run defense is very much so on the struggling side, and that that's allowing opposing offenses to stay on the field longer because they're able to keep the cl- and also allow them to run clock against the Chiefs. Right. Yeah. If you're able to run, you know, when you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, and your defense is allowing, you know, teams to run the ball. Um, that strong against your team, you know, that's going to burn the clock. You know, the, the Ravens, for example, were able to have the ball for a while. Um, you know, that tires your own, you know, that tires the Kansas City defense down, as well as the fact you're keeping Kansas City's best player, which would be Patrick Mahomes, off the field longer, you know, and yeah. suing, um, allowing them, you know, not to be able to be putting up the points you'd expect. Um, so when your defense is doing that, it's, you know, obviously it's week two. So, you know, obviously things can change. But right now, um, you know, Kansas City is not appearing to kind of be the team to beat, I guess, in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 got some things to fix, but it's... It's again, it's a long season, and I think with the offense they have, it's it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a while before we see them lose again. Yeah, I mean, it. it you might not see them lose, but I guess more so when it comes to playoff time. You know, it, it, I guess it wouldn't be a. a oh yeah, surprise. the run defense right now is a concern right now. If we're looking for the playoffs, they need to be. They need to fix that up. Oh yeah, I, it, it needs to be addressed immediately. Um, so if you're a Kansas city fan, you're hoping that's what happens. Um, you know, obviously during, during the week before this week's game, that way they don't drop another game. Um, but on these, you know, kind of these top three, um, things, you know, my, my number one would be, uh, you know, the fact that there's been a lot of, you know, rookie and sophomore QBs that have kind of struggled so far. Um, you know, it, for me, I guess Tua is, is, you know, been struggling a lot. You know, he didn't really, you know, show anything week one um, against the Patriots. He got hurt this week against the Buffalo Bills. Um, Justin Herbert this week against against the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, obviously you expect big things out of him in, in L.A. Um, with the Chargers, he's kind of just – you know, this week at least, um, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions. Yeah, that was an uh, ugly I'm outing. Very surprised that Jets didn't bench him at, at that point in that game just to keep his composure and things like that. Um, you know, Mac Jones kind of is like, uh, obviously, you know, it's a little premature to, you know, make those, you know, obviously on the rookies, but he just seems to kind of check it down and, you know, obviously – Last year when he was on Alabama, you know, you, you saw him throwing the deep ball, things like that. Um, well, this New know, England offense really isn't really isn't uh, 
built to attack downfield type of offense. And I did see today Josh McDaniels said that their lack of deep, their lack of downfield passing has nothing to do with Mac Jones. And I think it's really just got to do with their skill players who, who they don't really got guys that make you go, oh yeah, that's a deep threat. You know, they don't have, they don't have those guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, true. I mean, when you think about it, he, the wide receiver room at Ohio, or at, uh, at Alabama when Mac Jones was there last year was very deep. In, yeah. Incredible. I mean, they, they're all in the NFL that, you know, went into the draft, things like that. So, um, but I don't know. It's just something that's, you know, caught my eye. I guess it was like very apparent this week that all the rookie QBs and sophomore QBs, I mean, even Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, uh, yes. I mean, he's 19 he had three interceptions. 200 yards. It just, it was a sloppy week, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, it was sloppy for a lot of the young QBs, but, but, uh, I don't think we saw anything yet to really be discouraged about with these guys, you know? Right. And I guess another one too, that's going to be interesting is, uh, you know, with Tyrod is officially out for yeah, Thursday night's game. Davis Mills will start. Exactly. So be, uh, kind of be tuning in to see that game. Uh, just kind of see how, you know, he performs. So that will be, you know, another, another guy obviously is drafted this year. So, um, another rookie getting a shot. Um, you know, Justin Fields came in, Andy Dalton got injured. So, it could, uh, you know, things. It's going to be uh, a good week, I guess, to watch these guys. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, see who bounces back, especially Zach Wilson after that four interception game. What does he look like? Yeah, and I think an interesting thing about the Zach Wilson is, uh, you know, that. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't, I'm blanking on the head coach's name there in New York. Robert, Robert Sala. Sala. Yes, you know he he said in his. Uh, his his press conference post game press conference that you know it's like Zach Wilson needs to realize that you know it's okay to play boring football um you know he's a guy that's you know high energy you know wants to you know put on a show I guess you could call it but you know he's just got to realize that things are going to be different sometimes so uh hopefully you know Zach Wilson and the Jets they play uh you know at, at Denver next or this week so It'll be uh, that'll, that'll be a good game just to see how you know he bounces back personally. Yes, especially because the Broncos do have a pretty good defense, so it will exactly show. Okay, what has he learned in a week's time? Exactly. Um, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it uh. Okay. Um. My second observation that I noticed was just the Raiders look surprisingly good. Yeah, they're they're two and zero. You know, yeah, and to, uh, a lot of people, a lot of sensible people, I think, would have thought they would be zero two right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would have thought. You know, um, like I said, you know, a little bit ago, I, I was shocked that the Baltimore lost Monday night, week one. So was at I. Las Vegas. Um, and then Vegas goes to Pittsburgh this week. And pulls off the win. I yep. called that too. I thought it was going to happen. And sure enough, the Raiders pulled it off. And I, Big Ben was the reason I didn't believe in the Steelers. Uh-huh. And right now, I mean, Derek Carr, uh, you know, he's leading the NFL. 
or he's got to be up there, uh, maybe not leading, or I guess, sorry, sorry, the team itself uh, is first in passing yards uh, for total team offense and passing. They're 391 yards a game. You know, that puts them first. But they're rushing. This is a little concerning as they're tied for 30th um, with their run with their run game. Hey, if if they can keep throwing it, that's fine. Maybe I think that's going to be a better r- recipe for success for them than trying to run it. Just because in the past when they were trying to run it more and establish the run, it wasn't really working for them in terms of winning football. I think when this team has to throw it more, I think they're actually better off. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's clearly working, um, first two weeks. And then, you know, this week they play the dolphins, which, you know, yeah, and they might be without their starting QB. Exactly. So, you know, the Raiders could be three and oh, um, I, I really like that. You know, who would have thought, right? Right. I got to agree with you there. I mean, yeah, the Raiders, the fucking Raiders, they look so good. I think they're going to get off to the 3-0 and start. They're building yeah. confidence. I I agree. You know, who would have thought, um, you know, we'd say this. You know, obviously before the year, you would, like you said, I, I mean, I, I would have I would agreed with you, Jordan. You would have thought they'd be 0-2. Right? Right. So, uh, but number two on my list, Jordan, um, going to be the hot and cold, I guess you could call it, of two teams really for me is going to be the new orleans saints and then obviously the green bay packers you know they yes. those two teams played week one um you know the saints obviously blew out the packers um you know james winston had five passing touchdowns yeah and under 200 yards the saints won 38 to 3 week one um so again that's the saints being hot the packers cold then you go to week two for me. The Saints travel to Carolina, you know, a divisional game. You would have thought, though, the, the Saints would be able to beat, um, you know, the Panthers. And the Panthers beat the Saints 26-7. to Yeah. Jameis, <laughs> um, to me, just, you know, he, he was 11 of 22 for 111 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. After, obviously, you know, five touchdowns the week before. Um so it's kind of like what side of the coin, I guess, are you going to get from that team each and every week? Because um, last week you beat you know, the Packers convincingly like they did, and you're like, oh, wow, okay. Is Jameis in New Orleans going to be working? But then this week you got, you know, the opposite of that was kind of, you know, what and how, like, you know, just how, how can that happen? Um, and the same thing with the Packers. You know, last week they got blown out by the Saints. This week, last night on Monday Night Football, you know, home against the Detroit Lions, you know, obviously they won 35-7, to but, you know, it, it was a close game to start off. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a close game to start off, and then in the second half they pulled away. But, yeah, I agree. Both of those teams have been very interesting so far. It's going to be... Especially the Saints, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a team they are as this season goes on. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's, it, I feel like, you know, obviously the Michael Thomas issue there, um, I think that's huge for them. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> the Saints wide receivers outside of him. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, not a good situation. <laughs> right, it's very thin there, and you lose a guy like that who's, you know, obviously one of the top wide receivers when he's fully healthy and playing. Um, so if that gets situated and you know, things like that, you know, Alvin Kamara's kind of looked, you know, has struggled. So it's, uh, I guess it's just time will tell again. I agree 100%. Um yeah, yeah, that's a situation where, I, especially it's it's especially going to be interesting to see what Jameis has learned in his two, essentially two seasons with uh, well almost well one and a half seasons with the Saints. Yeah, I mean it. Um, I don't know. You know, people said Jameis wouldn't work, but then you put him with a guy with like Sean Payton, who you know. Uh, is very good offensively um so i i think it's a little early i guess to kind of just you know be making judgment calls on it for the whole year but uh, i guess it's just like you get both ends of the spectrum you know last week and, and then to this week right yeah i agree Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what, uh, what, what's your number three, man? My number three observation would be the Browns' defense still hasn't quite come together yet. They were struggling with the Texans in the first half, but then they pulled away in the second half. And I think that's one of those things that it's going to be a big part of determining can they actually obtain the lofty or meet the lofty expectations they have for themselves this season. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one right there. Obviously, the Browns... Uh, the offense uh, looks great. Yeah, everything there. Yeah, good to see Baker was able to, you know, kind of look like he was going down with an injury, you know, able to shake it off. Um, um, I think it was his shoulder, I believe. Yeah, his um, non-throwing shoulder. Yep, and I think it just kind of—I think it was just popped out, and then they had to get it, you know, reset by the uh, team doctor or and team doctors, everything like that, able to take care of business against the Texans. That's a game you, you know, if if you're the Browns and you know how good you are, you don't want to lose a game like that, especially after losing the week before to the Chiefs to start out. They year can't 0 go zero and two. Can't go zero and two. Now they kind of have a you know favorable stretch here for the next two weeks. This this week they play the Bears. And the Vikings, so you expect them to win both those games. Yes, you uh, do. And then, so uh, I really like the the Browns. Uh, I got I think uh, you know. I think for this, the way their division is right now, um, I think it's going to come down to them and Baltimore. Um, I, I agree. Don't think, I don't know, unless something changes with Big Ben or Pittsburgh altogether. Um, I just don't think they'd be able to contend with either of those teams, um, and then you got Baltimore and Cleveland. I just, I just, I just like Cleveland more. Their defense, obviously, um, I don't love Baker as a quarterback, but you know, with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, although I guess you know, it, with Jarvis Landry going down, Odell's missed the first two weeks. Kind of, do they just lean more on the run? So that could be, you know, something that might be able to, you know, or that could hold them back, but. I still believe in them and think that their run offense can lead them to wins. So, um, see, I 
I like Baker as a quarterback. I think he's had to go through a lot at the start of his career in terms of he had a couple of seasons really that were just nothing but impeding his development. And he's really just started last season to actually get coached up appropriately. So I think, and I think what they do do with the lack of names really in that receiving core in general most of the time, I think they can still keep the passing offense going. And Donovan Peoples Jones is actually a solid under the radar guy there at wide receiver. He he was solid as a rookie, and I think he actually with more more uh, more looks could actually end up impressing. Yeah, uh, definitely a good opportunity for him to step up. Um, you know, obviously he uh, he was a big time name. You know, coming into college at University of Michigan, you know, a little underwhelming there, but they struggled with QB play. Yeah, they struggled with passing games there. Yeah. So you know, a guy like him gets the opportunity now. Um, you know, you never know. Um, so I, I still think you know. Cleveland should be able to take care of business in that division. So do I. I do too. Um, yeah, that would be my third observation is the defense still isn't where it needs to be, and the offense is going to be what carries this team. But if they can find the defense, look out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They. I mean, they. it'd be one heck of a story, you know, if, if they were able to pull it all together and get it this year oh yeah if the browns um, got it done <laughs> it'd be you know it'd, it'd be like the Cavs winning the nba title oh know? god um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me number three uh it's gonna be you know a new rule this season new penalty um all the taunting flags we've seen yeah so far. it's it's disgusting i just i get what they're trying to do but it just kind of takes away from the game to me, they um, should have no taunting penalties of any kind. Yeah, like, it, it's... what? What's the point of it? Just to, right. just to reward penalty yardage to one team? I know. It's like, I get it if it was called, you know, for college football, right? You know, but it's like, the NFL... Yeah, there's a reason people call it the no-fun league. <laughs> exactly, and, like, that's what brings... You know, it's a part of the excitement. You know why people tune in to watch certain teams. And yeah, exactly. And, it lets players' think, personalities come out too. Right. It's like you. I don't know. You would just hate to see that ruin the outcome of you know a meaningful game. You know, obviously, the, every game is meaningful. But you know, when it comes time in the playoffs, right? Does right. Exactly. Do stupid. Like, do we have the taunting flag? And you know. Right, do we have one of those situations? It's yeah, I, I don't like the taunting rules at all. I yeah, it's 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 not a good thing. It's like geez, if you breathe the wrong way, you know, towards yeah. towards an opposing player, you're gonna get a taunting flag. Yeah, I, mean, I know, right? <laughs> it's just kinda how how ridiculous is this gonna be? Yep. I mean it's like can guys even, you know, you make a catch you know, for a first down, you pop up, give the first down, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> is that going to be a taunting? 
it's like you know and, and a lot of guys will do that to kind of pump themselves up or oh, yeah. pump their team up or you know get the crowd involved it's like it just makes it so stale and it's like that's not what you want to do especially you know the nfl at the end of the day you know it's an entertainment business you know it's what drives what drives it all so yeah i, I just don't think it's a good look i don't like it it's it's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. Just like how they don't like players dunking on the goalposts. I know, and that... It's like, jeez. Next thing you know, they're not even going to be able to take the balls with them if they want them. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what's going on, but... Yeah, um... Do you have anything else you'd like to say? kind of shocked me is gonna be you know the rams only won by three against indianapolis see i thought the colts were a better team than they were able to do able or than they looked in week one but uh yeah they 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 fought hard and the colts i think knew they couldn't drop well at least in their head they were thinking we can't drop back-to-back games at home to start the season and so I think that gave them some extra fire in them. But uh, the Rams, they're a very good team, but at the same time, too, they're still coming together and still learning. Is uh, Stafford's only? I mean, that was only Stafford's second game there. I mean, he looks great already, but still, it's going to take some time for everything to be as good as it can be, I guess. Definitely. And I guess another thing for me, um, kind of getting your point of view on it, you know, when's the time, you know, obviously the 49ers are 2-0, and you know, when's the time, you know, we start seeing Trey Lance start playing? Um, I can I just, tell you right now, we're not going to see him until, unless they start losing, we're not going to see him in anything more than just special packages, Kyle Shanahan designs. Okay, uh, interesting take, I guess, I mean... I would like to see him sooner, but I I don't think they're going to get rid of Jimmy G until they start losing. That's fair. No, that's fair. I, I, nothing wrong with it. I mean, if if he's winning you games, you know, that, at the end of the day, if you're still winning, um, even if it's sloppy or whatever you want to call it, I mean, you know, a win's a win. Yeah, and I think that's how Kyle Shanahan's going to view it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know plain and simple i guess you know obviously his dad was you know very good coach so you know it's as long as you're winning in the nfl i mean it's you know yeah but uh but yeah i mean i guess another one too um that i was really watching a lot was going to be it was you know later game the four o'clock games was uh tennessee was able to come back yes came back against seattle you know it, it opened seattle opened it up uh, it was 24 to nine heading into half. Um, Tennessee able to drive late at the end of the fourth quarter, force overtime, uh, and then they win it in overtime. You know, it just it was uh, it was a very very good game, I thought. And obviously for yeah. Tennessee to go, I mean, for any team, personally, I got uh, I think going into Seattle and beating Seattle, that's you know one of the tougher places to play. Yeah, that was a t- um, that was a good win for them. It was, especially for them to, you know, they, they dropped week one 
Yeah, uh, at home against Arizona. That was an ugly one. Right, and, you know, it was kind of like, wow, you, you would have thought it would have been, you know, a closer game week one for the Titans against the Cardinals. Um, they lost by 25, so um, it kind of, you know, looks like they got the ship turned back in the right direction for Tennessee um, to be able to go up out into the Northwest uh, and beat Seattle at home. So good to see, um, for me at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. So, yeah, that's all I got, unless you got anything else, Jordan. Um, well, actually, uh, with the Colts, we're going to have to wait to see who their starting QB is going to be because Carson Wentz has both of his ankles sprained. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah, I know. I Both that's... ankles sprained. I have not seen that. <laughs> doesn't make the, the decision any easier the fact that a they're zero and two and now their third game is going to be against obviously it's at tennessee so it, you know it, yeah it's it's a tough game. one so you don't want to drop a game in the division um and, and then be zero and three on top of that you know, right one and one you know you kind of all right let's get you know maybe carson sits or you know you pull him early if it doesn't look good or anything like that but I mean, I don't know what you do there if, if you're the Colts. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation. They're very likely going to drop to 0-3 because at the same time, how effective is he going to be with both ankles sprained? Right, you know, and Carson Wentz, when he's healthy, you know, he's no Lamar or Kyler Murray or any but of But he guys, can move around when he's healthy. Right, he's kind of like Matt Stafford in the sense of, when like he's mobile to the point of if he needs to you know roll out or you know and just kind of extend the play he's not gonna you know roll out and run for a 40 yard run or something like any of those other guys are but he's just got that ability to you know extend the play you know like a matt stafford or uh right any of those guys so or like aaron Rodgers, that same kind of thing there not saying you know he's aaron Rodgers, but but uh so and then you know with both your ankles sprained you're not gonna be able to do that you know that could be risky so right it's it's not a good situation at qb for the colts still yeah and it's crazy to think they gave up a first for him didn't they yeah i think so they they've given up a lot to try and get the qb over the last few seasons and it's just it's just it's been a painful process for them yeah, I mean, I, I really like. I mean, they they're, they're doing everything right. It's just QBs still a question. Mm-hmm. It really is. So it'll be. Uh, I guess you know. We'll hopefully by Thursday we kind of have a clear. Uh, More yeah, a better idea of what he's dealing with. Right, a little bit clearer of a vision of you know what the Colts are going to do. Right. I. Yeah. All right. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I'm all good if you're good, man. All right. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's gonna be our show for tonight. Thank you for listening. Uh. Of course, follow us on Twitch. Follow us on Twitter at Basement S A E. Uh. Tell fr- tell your friends. Tell your family. Help us spread the word. 
Um, yeah, go to the website, basementsportsandentertainment.com. The word and, not the symbol. Uh, yeah, check out our great articles, great content on there. And, of course, uh, just have a great night.